Welcome to the Association 4.0 podcast, your association's no-fluff playbook to navigating and thriving in Industry 4.0 or the digital marketplace. Each week, we bring expert insights to help you and your association stay ahead of the curve. Hello, my name is Sherry Budziak, and I'm the host of the Association 4.0 podcast. I am also co-founder of .org Community and founder and CEO of .org Source, a consultancy associations. This podcast is about innovation in the association industries and strategies for success in the digital markets. I talked with people who are leading that charge. Today, my guest is Sarah Matile. Sarah is founder and CEO of People Architectural Group. She is a human resources professional who helps organizations hire and retain the best talent. Sarah works for both for-profit and non-profit communities. For nine years prior to starting her business, Sarah was the Senior Organizational Development Manager at the American College of Chess Physicians. Talent acquisition is certainly on everybody's mind today, and I know our listeners will be interested in hearing um, your thoughts, and I'm so excited to have you here today, Sarah. Thank you for having me, Sherry. I was uh, I was really um, excited um, and following you on social media when you started your company and, um, and and excited to talk to you today. So tell us a little bit about your journey and your background and how you came to launch your business. Absolutely. Well, thanks again for having me. Um, I'm Sarah Misia, like you said. I am an HR professional with both profit and nonprofit experience. Um, and this is, I, what I love to do is to help tap into individuals' natural talent. I love helping people within organization, um, being a bridge of um, within the organization, as I have always led recruiting effort, talent acquisition, and talent development in all the roles that I have had. Um, when I started my company, my mission was really straightforward, is that um, I wanted to help organization hire, attract, and retain best talent. And we do this by, um, by working with great organization. And I continue to do that. This is something that I've done within my, uh, all through my career, whether I work for profit or nonprofit, or um, no matter what I did, I was the, that bridge between the outside world and the organization and bring those talents within organization. And so what I've been doing for the last two and a half years is no different than anything that I've done throughout my career. Wow. It's amazing. It's already been two and a half years, but congratulations. This is great. Thank you. Thank you. So what are you seeing as current trends in talent acquisition um, that you view as kind of most significant right now? You know, I think there are a lot of things happening within the field that are very important. I think um, things like data, looking at data. So whenever you're talking about trends, I'm looking at what have what has been going on, right? You need that data to understand what you are doing. Um, within the, the field, we also seen a lot of automation, you know, are you talking about that? Again, getting back to data, 
um, um, need prioritizing the people that you have within your organization. I think every company and managers that I know have always looked for the best way or best strategies that they can to improve the talent acquisition um, process, whether you're looking at it from the um, sourcing piece um, to the job description, how do you make your job description the best way possible to attract candidates, or whether you're looking at how to qualify those candidates. It doesn't matter what piece you look at. I think it goes for you to be able to solve that talent acquisition problem. You need to go to um, looking at the data. And so I think data is the most important things. So if anyone is interested, organization, what, what they are looking at trends, and their talent, what is most significant is the most significant is if you're not looking at what you've done before and how can you improve your processes, then there's a problem, you know? So I would say, if you're looking at any of the trend, start with the data, look at what you've done. And then once you get that, you can look at how you can improve your process overall. That's great. Um, so what do you think employers can do right now to attract the type of talent that they need? Um, I think if you are looking um, for the best talent, then you need to really understand what it is that you need within your organization. So that goes into, if I'm going to attract and retain best talent, I need to know that what when I get those people, what do I want them to get? I need to make the best selection. And so it takes you back into having internal conversation when your manager comes to you and said, I need to fill a position. You need to really look at, do I really need to fill that position? And if I need to fill that position, what is it that I need them, that person that I'm going to hire to do? And do I have somebody internally who can actually possibly do that? Yeah. And if you do, you just kind of like push that person forward, backfill that other position. So right now you're looking at engagement, employee satisfaction. So focusing on the internal people first, before we kind of go out there and start shopping, right? Before you start yeah. shopping, look at what's in your fridge, you know? <laughs> yeah. So yeah. I would say, you know, we do, as you know, a lot of like digital transformation projects and people are always like, okay, well, we need an X type of person. And that's what I say. I'm like, but is there somebody here that may not have that role that we can mentor into that role? Because there's a lot of things that knowledge that they're bringing to the table. So maybe the actual skill sets easier mm-hmm. to train than kind of learning the organization's operations or whatever that might be. Um, so, yeah. So to your point, like, look, internal, I think that's, that's important. And, and to your point, like, what do you really need? I mean, we've all made those mistakes where um, that'll be my next question for you, but we've made those mistakes of you're filling a role and a job description, but not really taking a step back and trying to understand, like, why isn't this working? Like, what is it that we really need? And what is it that we um, are really looking for? So, I guess on that note, what are, do you think are the biggest mistakes employers make on the recruiting side? I think it goes back just like what I was saying. I think sometimes we don't really know what we want to do. We just know that it is burning right now. There's a problem. I need to fix it. Instead of them bringing a consultant to temporarily help them to ease the pain, 
they just go ahead and hire someone. And then once that problem, because they didn't have the time to really think through it, now that the problem has been solved, the employee is unhappy because you don't have the work to sustain that employee. So <clears throat> doing a um, good analysis, you know, a neat analysis when you are going to hire somebody or you have a high, you think you have a hiring needs, needs is very important. I think also understand hiring people who really buy in into your mission and vision statement, right? Who understand what your organization is trying to accomplish and they really like it. So I think when you find somebody who really is passionate about what you do, they're going to be happy no matter what. When they, when it's there's a lot of project, they are um, they, they will still be excited because they want that mission to they want that organization to be successful. And so I think um, th- this is one of the things um, that you need to do. And work life balance. Right now, when you think about um, when you think about since COVID, nobody want to be in the office one hundred percent, right? Um, understanding what your employees need from that perspective is very is very important, right? Um, understanding if you want to attract and retain those great talents, we need to understand, do I have people who want to be in the office 100% or do I want to hire people from a hybrid perspective? I think anyone right now, if you're in an organization, unless there's a job that must be in the office, if you are trying to hire somebody to come into your office five days a week, most likely you're having a very tough time with your hiring. Yeah. And it's it's interesting because from my uh, perspective, I'm hearing associations that are like, we're trying to get back to the office or, or now we're going back two days, but then they have people, even current employee, employees that don't want to be there. Mm-hmm. Um, and they've gotten used to working at home and they're like, this works. You know, yeah. why can't I do that? Um I could make a case for, for both sides. Um, and there's definitely pros and cons, but you're right from, you know, looking at trying to get the best talent, um, really giving some, I guess, accommodations for lack of a better word to, um, knowing that, you know, people don't want to commute anymore or whatever the case might be. Yeah. I think Um, like you said, it's important to be in the office, but there are ways that we can be together that doesn't require us to be in the office 20, uh, you know, five days a week, five days a week. Yeah. Yeah. And that goes back again to technology that anyone who didn't have tech, wasn't using their technology prior to 2020, you know, if you are still not using your time, most likely you're not, you don't have a business anymore. Right. Yeah. So everybody have um, this technology. There's so many ways for us to stay connected. Um, and still not be, you know, be with each other, but still apart, you know? Right. Yeah. Yeah. So do you think that organizations need to have different strategies when recruiting millennials, Gen X, Gen Z, or are you seeing things that, you know, it's kind of the same now? Like, what what are your thoughts on that? Well, I think just like, um, Everything else, again, we go right back to the data, right? What is data telling you that the the baby boomers want? What is data telling you that Generation X needs, right? The millennial, what do they need? So we go back to the data to help us make those decisions. So do your organization need a different strategy? Absolutely. 
Absolutely. I think you should never have one strategy, a recruiting strategy, because you're not trying to recruit one group of people within your organization. And so um, if you don't have technology, then for show, millennials won't want to be, you know, if you don't have the top or something, they won't want to be working for you, you know, and as you are, there are people who need stability, you know, you know, we know that the new generation, Generation X, they want to know that they, um, they want to know that in the workforce, there's something for them. Um, they want the challenge. They want to know they can move up. You know, nobody, when you're talking about being in the office, 25 days a week uh, that, you know, so yes, you have to think about different strategies and you have to think about each of the uh, different groups and what attract them um, and make sure you provide that a little bit of everything to be able to attract as many um, groups as possible. Yeah. I know it seems like it's getting more and more challenging. Um, (laughs) And then, you know, trying to attract um, the right talent. um, And then based on, you know, what they're, they're expecting. I did, I had a um, CFO call a couple months ago and they said, Sherry, all of our younger people are quitting because they're frustrated with our technology. He's like, and they're just all of our exit interviews. That's all they're saying. So He's, he it was in a rock and a hard place, right? Because he had had lost a lot of talent um, mm-hmm. and then he had system issues. But so he doesn't have enough staff to deal with trying to fix the system issues. But then he can't recruit people because he knows that they're going to come in and be frustrated with the system issues. So, yeah. So I think, you know, all of that is kind of playing into the environment. Um, and that leads me to another question of, you know, like what role do you think like culture plays in the recruiting and retention process? Um, I just kind of mentioned one, like that became a culture issue, right? And because of the frustration um, and the amount of work it was taking to get anything done and the market changed and they could easily go find another um, position. So, you know, what are your thoughts on how culture kind of plays into, into what we're talking about? Well, I think when you're talking about the data driven, you're talking about um, the different generation, all that plays into the culture, right? The technology, everything else, whether you're a culture that you need to be in person to do an exit interview, or is this something that I can send you electronically is automated, you know, I can send it, you, you do it at your own time. That's part of that culture you building within your organization. So um, it plays, it's huge. It's huge. It's telling me that, you know, I want people to be self, you know, self-service. I want you to be able to go there. You need it. The inf- information is all at your at, at the tip of your finger, you know, you can do whatever you need. So you're talking about um, AI. This is the uh, part of the culture. Is that what we want people to be able to do? And so, so yeah, in recruiting, it's not just in recruiting. I think in every part of the organization, 
the same thing that we, you know, different departments, whatever, but it's still the same. It's still, um, it's still the same culture is, it's like, what culture do you want? And I think the executives have an opportunity to, to think through when they are thinking about, you know, as we are wrapping, starting to wrap up this year, oh my gosh, I can't believe it. But we're starting to wrap up the year and start thinking about next year. You need to start thinking about what kind of culture do I want and why do I want that? What's the why behind the changes that we want to make is because we want to attract and retain great talent because we want to make sure that the employees that we have feel valued. Um, so what are we putting in place to be sure to let them do, know that our organization believe in them, believe in their potential, believe that they have value. And so if you want to do that, again, we go right back to data. What is the information that you're, um, what is the information? What are you hearing from your employees? Because what you need to do for your organization, Sherry, is different than what my last next client has to do. That's a different thing that what I have to do for my organization. And it all, we all as leaders need to listen, listen mm -hmm. to our people. And when we do, we use the data that we are hearing to make the most impactful changes that we need for our people. Because without the people, we don't have a business. Right. Well, it's um, it's interesting as you're talking, um, we just had a speaker at one of our events and he was talking about too, like when it comes to culture and somebody asks you about your culture, don't lie about it. Like if you're like entrepreneurial, fast paced, you know, go, go, go. Don't say, oh, you know, we're all about work-life balance because you're not like, <laughs> so don't sell that when you're that's not who you are. Like there's the right people for the right environments. Um, mm -hmm. And I think we, I see a lot of organizations will say, oh, we've got, you know, flexibility, but we're making everybody come into the office three days a week. Well, so you really don't like, so I think, you know, setting those expectations um, and that leads me into the, okay, now you've got found great talent, you brought them in. So how um, do you retain them? Like, what are your kind of tips for, for retaining um, the talent that you hire? So um, my organization, one of the things we do, we attract people in. We help organization attract great talent. And then we have the training and development, the talent um, development to help make sure that we retain them. If you look at research, a lot of things that they tell you is that employee stays within organization between two years or so, right? If you have an employee, you hire them and they're there with you for two years, you think that is awesome. This is totally different than my parents' generation right. where who, they would find a job and stay mm -hmm. on it until they retired, right? <laughs> Yeah, um, so I think for you to be able to retain those talent, you need to make sure that you're providing them with what they need. What does Sarah need to be successful? And I need to be having conversation. Again, we go back to that data. We are asking questions. We are listening and we are providing the tools that they need to be successful. Training and development. What is, do I need? Do you know, do I need that? And sometimes it feels like you are training somebody who may not be, because their, their, their future goal does not, 
is not within aligned with what you do as an organization. But still, if you can, how can you help that person reach that goal, right? Sometimes it's it's almost like a lot, being a little bit selfish, you know, um, non-selfish, excuse me, because you are focusing on the people, that person. Because if you can get somebody who doesn't fit your mission and vision in the long term, and you can get you can get them to where they need to be, so you can get to where um, get the right person in that seat, right? So it's continue education, continue training, continue developing, continue to grow as the company is growing. You're helping your employees to grow, and when you do that, you'll be able to retain them a little bit longer. Yeah, to your point, I remember when I started my business, um, my parents were like what are you doing? Cause my dad did, he <laughs> got his job out of high school and that's where he retired. Yeah. <laughs> they're, like, they're like, what about your pension? I'm like, mm, there's pension. We don't do that. <laughs> we don't do that mom. <laughs> so, yeah. um, so how has the technology um, explosion impacted talent acquisition? I think it's those of us who have incorporated um, technology into our, um, our, in our processes are able to attract talent so much more. Um, before, Sherry, if I was, if we are looking at the trends and we said we want hybrid people, uh, we are a hybrid workforce uh, or we are a remote workforce, our talent, the pool of talent just increased because now you're not just yeah. trying to find somebody within the Chicagoland area, that it, which is where we live, that can come and commute to our office. We can get the best talent, but that talent might be in California or it may be anywhere else and within the United States or within the world if you are open to that. And so technology has, um, has allowed us to tap into talents that we did not have before. And so if we have the best talent, if, we've had, if we have the best technology, and if we are an organization that is open and have um, is open, we are able to bring better talent than before to our organization. Yeah. And to kind of add to that, I, as you were talking, I was thinking about an organization that I worked with that was, this was many years ago, uh, that was talking about, you know, they didn't have enough diversity in their workforce. Um, mm -hmm. And they said, well, we're out here in the suburbs of Chicago, and we just, there's not, there's not a lot of diversity out here. Um, and it, they were struggling with, with attracting, um, you know, attracting the, the right talent for them. So I guess um, with that, like, that's a, such an important, I guess, question that I have for you right now is, um, how do we ensure diversity in the recruitment process? I mean, one, I think you're right, like technology and where you can hire people opens up an opportunity um, for us. But what are some other what are, I guess, ways that we can just ensure diversity? When I hear people tell me they can't find diverse ta um, talent, I asked him, where are you? Are you swimming in the same pool and you expect a different result, right? Yeah. It's out there, you know? Um, diverse candidates are out there. Sometimes we may have to work a little bit harder you know, it's not just you post a job and, 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 you know, and expect everybody to come to you. You need, um, I think there are so many people out there 
who they may not be looking, but if you have something great, approach them, you know, mm-hmm. approach them. Become part of some infinity groups that attract the kind of candidates that you are looking for. Um, I think it's out there. So you, if you tell me you um, you can't find them, then I said you're not working hard enough. Yeah, we are out there. We want a we want a job, and so come find us. Come find us. I may not have a, a looking for a job post out uh, on my LinkedIn page, but. If you think that a candidate has what it takes, what you are looking for, you know, you need to be able to reach out. Relationship is not going away. We want to work with people we have a relationship with. And so building relationship is key. You know, I know if I'm looking for a job, if I'm looking for candidates, I reach out to you. I reach out to others that I know that have access to um, candidates and said, Hey, Sherry, can, do you know anyone who's looking for a job? Call your other friends, call other people. So recruiting is not just you doing that, but you are having other people coming into your process. And so you can make sure that you are attracting and retaining those employees, attracting to your organization. Yeah, that's a good point. Um, I had a, another, um, small business CEO friend of mine, um, and I introduced her to a woman um, that she wanted to hire mm-hmm. and she wasn't interested at that time. And she said, that's okay. I'm going to wait for her. Like, it'll be the right time. And she stayed in contact with her. Mm-hmm. Um, and then at the right time, when it was the right time for this, her to move on to something else, um, she ended up hiring her and they've both been, you know, pretty happy. So I think kind of thinking a little bit out of the box too. And, and like, as you said, kind of relationships and especially you meet somebody along the way and, you know, oh, they might be a good fit for our organization at some point, Mm -hmm. you know, looking, going back and saying, Hey, I know you may not be looking right now, but would you be interested um, in this role or whatever it might be? Um, So, yeah, that's a good point. Um, So what would you like every leader to know about talent acquisition and development? You know, I think I would like people to know that, there are candidates out there. I want to let people to know that the process, even if you are having a tough time, you don't have a good process, you can always start today to improve it. The thing is you need to know that you need to be aware and be willing to say, you know what, my process is crappy right now, but you know what, I know it is. Once you acknowledge it, you can make do something about it. Um, but once you start hiding it and keep telling yourself that it's great, it's great, that's your first um, step of never correcting it. So correct it um, and understand that the people in your organization, they have potential and their potential is beyond what they can see. This is our saying at People Architectural Group is that people's potential is beyond what they can see. And so that means what I am today is not what I'm going to be tomorrow because I'm transforming everything and I'm learning is I'm transforming and my value is more than what anybody have ever told me. And so that means if I you look at my diamond ring, if I throw it into mud, it still have value. And so do I, and so do your employees. And so focus on your employee, focus on your people, look at your processes. Every day you have an opportunity to start right now to make the changes that you know that you can make. So that's what I, I love that. I love that. So thanks so much, Sarah. This has been great. <laughs> I've, I've, uh, 
I've learned a lot today and, and I love that about, I love that diamond in the mud uh, analogy. <laughs> that's, that's awesome. That's going to make me, give me a new perspective on life. I think some days. <laughs> um, so uh, I want to thank our listeners uh, for joining us today. I hope you've enjoyed this episode and Sarah, if people want to get in touch with you about with you or your company, how can they reach you? Sure. Um, They are welcome to reach out to me. I'm on LinkedIn. I'm Facebook, Instagram, but I mostly, you know, on LinkedIn, please send me a LinkedIn invite. Would love to talk to your listener with, you know, um, everybody that becomes my friend. I ask you for a 15 minute conversation just to get to know you and put a face to um, the name. So um, I hope to hear from some of your listeners. That's great. Well, I appreciate all your time and um, thank you so much for uh, joining us today. And um, I hope to see you soon. Awesome. We hope you enjoyed this episode and discovered tips and information that will add value to your leadership style and your association. Dot.org Source specializes in positioning teams for success with solutions for technology, strategy, and marketing. Please contact us at info at orgsource.com or visit www.orgsource.com to find out how to keep your organization on track to Association 4.0.